0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wealth, korean Relationships. I'm your host, Z. So today I'll be talking about leading through a pandemic. Uh, as we know, unfortunately, we are still going through the pandemic one year later. But uh, I'm really excited because I think uh, the topic today is going to be uh, very good. Uh, we'll be dealing with leadership and i'm so excited because i have a very good friend uh lead pastor of toronto city church uh my favorite church i want to say <laughs> still to this point it is awesome uh so i have pastor brandon today we're going to talk about leadership and we'll talk about the challenges through uh leading through a pandemic and what you can learn from that and i know a lot of pe- a lot of people will really take this and it'll apply it to, uh, to their daily spaces so i'm really really excited uh thank you for uh joining us today pastor brandon welcome to the show Oh,
1: hey, Z. Awesome. I, I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy to be here. I obviously love you, your wife, your family, and uh, it's just great to reconnect. Uh, anytime we get connected is good. And then just, hey, to be able to be here on your podcast, I love what you're doing here. And uh, I just love, I, I love the topics that you're, you're looking to address. So I'm glad to be here with you and, and I'm looking forward to a great conversation.
0: Awesome, yeah, thank you for taking the time out. Yeah, so let's definitely get right to it. Uh, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and mainly uh, your journey as a pastor and in leadership as a whole, like how long you've been doing it and things like that?
1: Sounds good. I'll definitely try and give the Reader's Digest version. My wife, if she was sitting (laughs) here, she usually gives me that little bit of that elbow about these times. She's like, don't tell them the long story. So I I, I can get rolling with that. But a little bit of my journey, you know, it's interesting because I'm very aware that, you know, everyone listening to this podcast maybe doesn't necessarily have a Christian background, which is awesome. It's totally cool. Uh, you know, so I'll try and kind of share a little bit of my journey, but also share it in the context of someone who's familiar with faith or not, could, exactly. you know, kind of link in. I I uh, growing up, I never I actually never really wanted to be a pastor. I was not uh, kind of totally opposed to it. I grew up in a, a household of faith and I, I my faith meant to me. I just, from what I'd seen of pastoring, I just didn't feel like that was something I wanted to do. I was very entrepreneurial. I, I really thought something to do with business. Uh, you know, I'd started a business right out of high school, you know, different things like that. So I I didn't really want to move into pastoring. But obviously, you know, I, I really believe God has a plan for each one of our lives. And, you know, we just follow his pathway. And so as I followed his pathway, uh, you know, through a number of different, very clear, uh, I'll call them signs and circumstances that led me down the the road to pastoral ministry, and so my journey is a little different than most. I uh, I kind of got started being a youth pastor at a Korean church. They needed someone to work with the young people, and obviously, everyone's not seeing the video. Of this, but I'm obviously not Korean. <laughs> uh, but they uh, they needed a they needed an English-speaking youth pastor, and so kind of the doors opened, and I went in and kind of started just working with a group of ten to twelve young people, and ultimately over a couple of years. You know, I really started to find my footing with it, really enjoyed it. And that led me to a spot where I felt like God was calling me to actually start a church uh, as a whole, and particularly a church that would reach young people and impact young people. I mean, I was still quite young myself. I was 22 at the time, Wow. Uh, which is, yeah. So, you know, and I, I actually, I really got a strong sense like I was supposed to do it. part of me didn't want to do it, but I felt like God wanted me to do it. So, so I ended up starting a church and it was called Church Without Limits. And we, uh, it's a little more common today, people are familiar with the church world, but this was 20 years ago now. Uh, and there wasn't like social media and a lot of these ways to connect and see what other people are doing. So it, it was quite outside the box. I didn't know of another young leader who'd started a church that was only reaching young people. I mean, I knew they're out there it wasn't, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know anybody. So Absolutely. so it was kind of, we went on this journey of kind of doing this church, like lots of young people on a Saturday night. We didn't do Sunday mornings, we this Saturday night. It's kind of funny because Kids would come home from church because we were really reaching a very young crowd, uh, you know, in teens and in their twenties, and their parents wouldn't believe that they'd gone to church because you know it was a Saturday that. night and yeah. they loved it, and it was. It's so like, no, you're not going to church. They're like, you're having too much fun, you know. And and so, so we kind of, you know, just started. There was a whole core group of us that really started growing up together, and I say that very specifically because uh, I was young and I had a lot of growing up to do. So I ended up getting married. Uh, my wife you know, she was very brave because not only did she marry me, but she, she married a church and kind of got pulled into things. Well, and, exactly, yeah. you know, and, and then we had kids and, you know, and, and this whole kind of core group of us were growing up together. Um, more others started, you know, others got other people started getting married, having kids. And so then we went through a number of different kind of shifts and change. We moved off of Saturday night to a Sunday. We We would do different things. You know, we just kind of grow and learn as a church and We had seasons where we grew quite a bit. Then, you know, we had other seasons where we leveled out. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so, but we were really happy. We loved the church. We loved what we were doing. It It was great. But then we had another kind of unexpected turn in the road in 2013, where we were, I was contacted by the pastors of another church in the city that was a little more established than ours. It actually recently just built a new building and they were kind of had been definitely around longer than us. And these pastors were moving away. Uh, actually, they're going out to Calgary where you oh, are to, nice. to plant a church. And uh, they had, they were praying about what direction to go. And they really felt to ask us if we'd come be the lead pastors of that church, which is the Toronto State Church, and merge our two churches together. So that was a huge, massive decision for us. And oh, definitely yeah. a kind of a major thing we had to process through in leadership. Uh, you know, it would be a major change. And, you know, even thinking about it from a leadership level, it was one of those life-defining decisions and moments because I knew very clearly if I said yes to this, it could go very badly. Yeah, but I couldn't go back. It's not like you can kind of, yeah, we'll merge churches and no, we won't. We'll, we'll unmerge them. Like That's I cool. knew it was, but I also knew if I didn't do it, I was going to be wondering for the rest of my life what would have happened what could if I been. Exactly. Yeah, what, it's, it's one of those ones where, you know, because a lot of times in life, you don't really have these stark choices in front of you. It's just, mm-hmm. this is what you do, or this is an option or things just kind of work out, but you hit these moments. You know, there's a lot to talk about leadership in this, where you've you you you've got two options in front of you, and they're very different, and they could completely change your life. Like, it's not that often in our lives, we have those stark decisions in front of us, you know, mm-hmm. that that really can affect us. So, that was, that was a big decision for us. So, Uh, But we really kind of prayed and considered and walked it out. And I'll be honest, I didn't know for sure right off the start. It wasn't like I said, yes, I knew we really had to wrestle with it. But we decided to go ahead and uh, and we did. And we merged the two churches together. And here we are what seven, seven and a half years later. So kind of plowing forward. So that that was an entire journey to itself. We could do a whole series of podcasts talking about that move. (laughs) And all I learned as a leader and everything else. But so that's a little bit of my leadership journey. I mentioned I I kind of mentioned in my story I you know the best part of, I mean today actually as we're recording it's uh, Valentine's so I'm excited I love my wife she is just an incredible blessing Shut uh, up. and then we've got two amazing kids uh, who we love very much my son's 13 my daughter's 9 so I have a teenager now in the house you got to pray for me
0: definitely uh, but that's kind of,
1: that's that's kind of a little bit of my context so I mean I've kind of startup, you know, entrepreneurial and planting a church, very much mm-hmm. connected there. Leadership kind of through a growing organization, kind of an organization that was really growing and changing a lot. So I had a lot of experience there. Uh definitely merging two churches together. So kind mm-hmm. of like merging, which is a whole anyone understands leadership or experience. That's a whole nother that's a whole nother situation. And then I've also had the opportunity for the last couple of years to be very involved in a national network of churches called Ministers Network Canada. So so that's been another area where I've been able to kind of my leadership journey, what I'm growing into. So I don't hopefully that answered well. That's that's a little bit about me and just a little bit of my story and who I am and where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and from from the what you're telling that it shows. Uh, in leadership, you do have to be very decisive, like you mentioned about the merge, because you really have to be decisive about, I'm, am I in, or am I out? It's one of those decisions where you can't really be procrastinating about it or go back and forth. You're like, okay, I had to do this and I have to 100% commit to it. And you do realize, in a way, you are taking your risk, because if it doesn't work out, like you said, you can go back, but you, you have to trust the decision that you know what, the Lord is leading me in the right direction and i got to obey and follow him, right?
1: Oh, it's so true. I mean, uh, there's so many good things that just even what you said there. I mean, it's leadership. Yeah, you've got You've got to be decisive. And even in the times we are in right now, like you talked about leading through a pandemic, you've got to be decisive. And, you know, it's hard, though, because there's things all of us don't know. And there's so much uncertainty. But but again, that's part of the the opportunity, the responsibility, the burden of leadership, we could use a lot of different adjectives, but mm-hmm. it's to be able to in the middle of these situations to lead, to point out a direction. And kind of very indicative even in the word leadership is that somebody's following you. Yeah, you know, I, I remember hearing a quote, I think it was John Maxwell. I don't know if he originally said this, but you know, he's quoted so many great things on leadership. But he said, you know, if if you if you say you're leading but you're out, if nobody's following you, you're not leading, you're just taking a walk. Exactly. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's there, but yeah, it's, it's the decisiveness is huge. And, and, and you've got, you've got to be able to commit. If, if, if you're in a position of leadership and you're indecisive, everyone around you is going to, it's going to cause indecision for so many people. You've got to be able to kind of process out and then, you know, just takes, take some stands and, and, uh, and kind of plow forward in a direction. But obviously, there's the challenge there because you could be wrong. And, and, you know, so that's that. Yeah, there's a lot there for sure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and and that is so true that there are so many challenges and I guess that that really does lead me to my next question because, as you have pointed out, there are so many unknowns through the whole pandemic. Uh, For you as a leader, because uh, leading so many people with so many, uh, so much uncertainty that's going on, what has been some of the biggest challenges you have faced throughout the whole pandemic from the start? Not just with uh, the people, but the logistics itself, because there have been so many lockdowns and things like those. Can you walk us through that a little bit?
1: Oh man, how long do we have?
0: (laughs) Man, I mean,
1: you know, it's funny. I was just saying to our staff this week, because we did a a staff training. And one thing that's just reminding everybody, because our our team at church, I'm so proud of them. They've done like an amazing job. We've got a really good team. It's a very young team. Uh, Many of them are young parents, just like like yourself and just kind of younger in their leadership journey. So I'm so proud of them and just the way they have really tackled this and walked this thing out but i was talking to them and i was just reminding everybody i said guys listen just remember like this has been a really hard season to lead through we're doing well like okay. we have our constructive criticisms with ourselves but this we have to remember this has been because you know we're kind of i think in the early stages everyone's kind of like our worlds were turned upside down and we're all scrambling trying to figure things out well you know now we're almost a year in uh you know and so mm. we're getting kind of used to it and so Sometimes when you get used to it, we can kind of forget how hard this has actually been. Like this is actually like when you sit back, you go, yeah, this is tough. This is hard. But yeah, there's been so much. I mean, let me start kind of with myself and then we'll work outward. I mean, just there's definitely challenging on a personal level uh, just because, again, uh, oh, I mean, so many things. But just the lockdown, you know, trying to process through your personal okay, what I can do what I can't do, you know, on a family front, it's like, you know, uh, like for us, it started, we, uh, we had just like when this whole thing broke loose, where it really went to the next level last March, uh, we literally, we were just starting a family vacation in London. Oh, wow. And so so we had had this whole vacation planned. I was so excited about because I love London, I love Europe. we took the kids with us, it was gonna be our first international trip with the kids. And literally, you know, we landed on a Thursday and it was literally like the night before I was sitting on the plane when the news came out that president Trump had closed down the borders to Europe. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and literally we had to land and within 24 hours we had to come back home. So that was kind of the whole thing, this whole vacation we planned and started for as a family. And then we had to scramble just to try and get a flight back home. And it was crazy. You could feel like the tension and the, the panic started to rise in people. And so, I mean, that was kind of just on a starting note, you know, I think there's been so much loss over the last year yeah, um, for everyone in their own way. And obviously there's really high level loss where people have died, mm-hmm. um, you know, where people have lost jobs or incomes or gone bankrupt or lost their businesses. Like there's so much loss that so many people have faced and that's hard. Thankfully. I mean, we've not had anyone in our circle who's died and you know, I'm still got a job and, and stuff. But, but even when you get beyond that level, there's things like, just there's so much like uh you know even on our family level uh you know my my son plays very high level basketball well he's yeah. not been able to play a game for over a year That's just as things get shut down my daughter you know was at the national ballet school you know not their kind of full-time program but their weekend program but mm-hmm. you know everything got shut down again well so now she's back on zoom but she hates it she doesn't like <laughs> i to can't college. imagine
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: right like you know and so you're so, so there's, there's those things and processing through those things on a personal level. And then I think too, for me, it's been challenging in that I'm a, I'm a rhythm and a routine guy. I like my rhythms. I like my routines. I, I like to get into a groove and this is you know where my stuff is and this is what I do this day. And this is, and it's just, I mean, just when you finally think, okay, we're back to some level of rhythm, everything gets thrown up in the air again. Yeah. So I think there's so much you could talk about. We've all had to process through personally. There's been loss. There's been things we've had to grieve even again. Because I don't want to minimize it. There's obviously people who've had to grieve really big things. Well, exactly, uh, you know, yeah. And so, on. but even for those of us who maybe haven't faced that, there's still been lots of loss that we've had to work through and face. Even if it's just like the loss of, man, we, we couldn't go on our family vacation. Or well, like my wife and I can't go out for a date night right now anymore. Exactly. And, you know, we, we can't, you know, and so, and obviously those things aren't the same as losing a job or losing a loved one or something, but there's still for everyone is still grieving in their own personal experience for what they can and can't do so so there's a lot there and i think it's affected most of us more than we realize i think we're just kind of coping and surviving but a lot of us don't even realize so you know it's real like mental health and how are people really doing right now um so that's kind of on a personal level i mean on an organizational level i mean obviously straight up come march last year we had to stop doing in-person services yeah that's a big one and so this was unheard of like, there's never been, I'm trying to think of, even if you go back, like I had a friend, he was saying, he was talking about how difficult times were. And he said, well, man, the, the biggest challenge that probably has hit our culture like this would have been there in, back in the Second World War. He's talking from a Canadian context, right? Because you yeah. think in Canada, there's been things, but nothing. He said to his mom, he said, well... What was it like? He's a little older, so his mom's definitely – she would have remembered very clearly. She yeah. said, well, it wasn't like this. She's like, we could still go to church. We could still go to the store. Oh, wow. Like she was just – she was saying this is just unprecedented. Like this is completely – um so even for churches to never – like that year, we couldn't meet in person for Easter, which is wow. kind of for churches is like the big – big like, one, yeah. Super, it's the Super Bowl Sunday for church. It's like Easter exactly. weekend, right? And, and you couldn't meet. So so we're dealing with the logistics of not being able to meet. And all of a sudden, trying to dive into the online world. Uh, and so it's like, but it, every church is immediately forced, and we've got to start figuring out online ministry. Now, thankfully, I mean, we had a great team that really rallied to, to adjust, but that was, still was a massive change. And it's like, okay, how are we going to do this? And then I don't know if you remember what it felt like for you, but when they first put us on lockdown, they said we're locking down for two weeks. Oh yeah. And so in the first little while, you're like, okay, well, we just got to. This go will be next fine. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, just the next two weeks. Okay, you know we can do this, and then that two weeks they're like, okay, we're extending it longer, another yeah. two weeks. It's like, okay, well, you know, we understand. And, It'll be fine. And, and and then they go, okay, we're extending, and and after a while, I'm going, well, I see what you-. I'm like, hey, I see what. You guys are doing here. They because if they told us, yeah, we're going to be locked down until September months. or yeah, <laughs> yeah, six months or for the next year. Yeah. I mean, there were some people in the background saying, but I don't think any of us wanted to believe them. Uh, so if they told us that, everyone would have lost their mind. So no, they just no. kept saying, oh, two more weeks. And part of it was <laughs> they didn't know either. Like I really pray for our government leaders because uh, you know I, I think everyone has their thoughts or constructive criticism, what we could have done better or whatever. But man, this has been a hard thing to lead it's through a government yeah. leader. Oh, yes. man. So so trying to adjust to that and just uh, yeah. I, so many things you had to figure out. So like our church, we had a website. But other than that, we virtually did nothing online as a church. Now, we always wanted to. That's we just hadn't got there yet. I mean, we do a little podcast and we go online. So all of a sudden now you're thrust into we got to start creating online services and we got to figure this thing out. And, you know, and I, and then it just keeps bumping back so you it's not like you know okay we need to figure this like there's no certainty you don't know when yeah. it's going and it's interesting too because i think if you think back a lot of us forget it but in the early days this was really quite scary definitely like now we're kind of used to the virus and even a lot of people are like okay well just wait for the vaccines to that but in those early days like we didn't know how quickly is this thing going to grow you know you're hearing these crazy stories of different countries where like they're running out of ventilators and hospitals are overwhelmed and yeah you know, and there's there's a lot there but it was very so you're dealing with massive unprecedented organizational shift in like the for a church like this is the core thing we do we meet on sundays exactly right like we meet on sundays we do this as a church uh, that's and you just so so you have to kind of navigate that and you've got to kind of reinvent the wheel but then you don't know how long we're doing this for and then you keep hearing, oh, just like another month. Oh, just another six, you know, two weeks. Like they kept bumping it back. So then you come into, you know, May, June, and we're just getting into, okay, we're starting to get a feel for it. Then they go, okay, churches can open back up. Yeah. But only under these guidelines. You got to wear masks. You got to do this. You got to, so then we've got to pivot again. Or like, exactly. okay, well, what do we do? And yeah. how quickly do we open up? And some people opened up right away. Other churches are like, well, we're not gonna open up. I had some friends who said, well, we're gonna wait through the summer. But then as a leader, you're going, are people gonna be upset if we don't open up? And you're yeah. really concerned for the mental and emotional health of your congregation, exactly. especially we have a lot of singles or people who live on their own in the city. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, how do we figure it? Like, there was definitely a very real leadership exhaustion that you battled through. Cause then we open up through the summer, well then come in the fall, all of a sudden things start to shut back down. So you got to pivot again. Pivot again, yeah. <laughs> So, so, I mean, there's been so many factors there, I think, but I think to really pivot to get online was huge. I mean, it was a major change. Now, there was a lot of good in that, mm-hmm. that I'm very thankful for. And yeah. we learned a lot, mm-hmm. but I think, I think the uncertainty too is hardest. It's like one thing if, you know, okay, we just need to lock down for the next six weeks and then we're good. But with this, you just didn't know. Exactly. And, and you didn't know what was going to turn out. You didn't know what was going to happen. So, so there was a lot there to lead through. I mean- wow. Hopefully, I answered that one well. But I just kind of, yeah, was, been there a was a lot, lot. of challenges. <laughs> there's been yeah, a lot going on. There was a lot. There's continuing to be a lot going forward. So, those are a lot, just a few of the challenges we've been working through.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And, and the one thing I wanted to to touch on was during the, the time you had to pivot, because like you said, you didn't really have much of an online uh, presence as a church. Uh, how hard or easy was it to convince not just the staff, but the congregation that, listen, this can work? Because uh, they, it's one thing to be like, okay, we have to do this because it's lockdown but it's another for the uh, for the congregation and the staff to buy in as a leader how do you put that vision forth to be the guys this is not only our only option but our best option yeah it's a
1: good question i mean i think it was helpful at the start because we had to do it
0: okay yeah it
1: was it was i think that if, if if we didn't have to go online only and i'm trying to convince everybody mm-hmm. that we need to go online only that would have been a high mountain to climb But because we had no choice but to shut down, I think that helped us with that, Uh, you know, it helped us to move forward. But there's still some ways we have to continue to navigate, move forward as leaders. I mean, I think the best way kind of talking principally, you know, what you've got to do in those seasons as a leader, when you're kind of leading through change is number one, you've got to have, you've got to make sure you're locked in and on point as a leader. You know, you're going to battle through your own personal doubts, your own personal discouragements. You got to sort that stuff out. Yeah. And 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 I'm I'm always big about authenticity as a leader. So I'm not saying like just fake it for everybody. But there's certain things that you've got to process internally, and you've got to process with your support. You know, your your network of support as a leader, mm-hmm. and then you've got to kind of get that stuff settled. And then you've got to have some confidence with those that you're leading. And so I think you got to really make sure you kind of you, you've nailed things with yourself. I think the second thing is communication is so key. One of the things that I did was I I decided very early on, especially with the you know, the lockdown and everything, if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be an over communicating to our church family. Okay. So I went into overdrive pretty quickly. Of okay, sending out okay, we say okay, how, what's the best way to get everybody? Okay, email everybody. Okay, I'm going to start sending regular updates. I'm going to be just kind of communicating with people. We started a, a daily video devotional yeah. just for people who wanted to log in and still get some level of personal contact. So I just did something on YouTube every morning. Right. And you know we've kind of built on that growth. So I think the communication is huge. And I really tried to clearly communicate over and over and over again, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're working through this. Here's some ways you can connect in. And then I also tried to make sure I was very, uh, people really felt like they could reach out connect and give feedback. Like I wanted people to feel, cause part of the challenge with the merge was, or not the merge, excuse me with the lockdown was isolation. Yeah. So the last thing that I wanted to really kind of combat that by saying, okay, we're going to find ways we can connect with you. We're going to find ways to check in with you as a church family and just in doing that. So I think the communication was huge. You, you got to get yourself settled. You got to give community, and then you got to just communicate, 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 and talk with people. And then I think the other thing that we really tried to do was, you, you got to set an expectation with people off the start, particularly of, okay, this is what we're doing, but we're learning and we're growing. So it's like, you yeah. got to build a culture of, of, um, like experimentation and a culture of growth. So we always would tell people, Hey, we're doing this, but if, if there's a challenge for you, give us feedback, let us know if you see a way we can do it better, let us know. So we've in our communication, we also tried to create a real a safe space for people to give us feedback so we could be improving what we're doing. So for example, like our first online service that we did was my wife and myself in our living room. And we literally was us on my little computer camera, which was terrible. And we just kind of did basically like a a YouTube, Facebook live. That was our first service. And what I said to the team was I said, here's what we need to do. Obviously this is not what we want to be doing long-term. We don't know how long we're going to be in this, but let's just keep working on getting better every week. So we just kept improving and getting better. Okay, what can we do better? What can we do? And so then we moved. Okay, we got out of our living room within a couple of weeks and we we're able to start sending center studio at the church. But then we're like, okay, the lighting. We got to work on the lighting more. Okay, we got to work on the audio more. Okay, we've got to do this. And and we really tried to create an atmosphere where people felt safe bringing their feedback. Because sometimes as a leader, you're like, well, if people have a problem. They, sh- they should just be able to tell us or if something's not working. But, yeah. but what I found is a lot of people just don't. They're nervous to... They don't feel safe to, they're worried about coming across the wrong way. So you've got to go out of your way as a leader to make people feel safe to give you feedback. But then the good thing is if you're doing that, you're creating a culture where people, people will roll with you because they understand this is new. They understand that we're all learning and growing. And then you welcome their feedback, but they're also gracious. And if, you know, you have some things that don't work well early on. Yeah. and everybody knows okay no let's just give the feedback we'll keep working at this mm-hmm. so i think those those are just a couple of the thoughts of what we did i mean i think the communication is huge yeah um you know something else to say too is especially leading through times like this you've got to really pay attention to your own emotional health your own spiritual health your own physical health
0: that is big, uh, yeah.
1: you know and just take care of yourself because i think there was a lot of challenges in that there was some things like even we went into the second lockdown here where we are in Toronto back in November. Well, my wife and I, we learned some lessons from the first lockdown. So we already said, we started some things out that we're going to do very differently during this because, you know, we we kind of learned it. Some of it had to do around emotional health and physical health. And, you know, one of the things we did, we, we don't have a big house here, but we just created some space and went out and bought a treadmill. Because exactly. we realized, especially in the winter, it was cold. And we said, we want to emphasize and keep our health strong. We don't want our health just going out the window because gyms are closed. It's too cold to go outside and do physical exercise. So we're like, we're going to invest in this because we want to take Because as you as the leader, if you're not good, it's going to spill over into the organization or the group that you're leading. You've got to be healthy yourself. That's so Those good. are just some of my thoughts on that side.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's so good. And I like what you said, because as a leader, it does have to start with you because as uh, John Maxwell said, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. You influence people by you, yourself, starting first. And uh, from what you are seeing, I'm picking up that you learned as you went along. So you you knew from the start, you know what, this will not be a perfect uh, setup from the beginning, but I do have to, to be able to keep on improving as changes come. I have to welcome change and improve and be able to take feedback in, right? Which is so good. Yeah, and it's
1: it's, it's it's interesting because one thing that was weird about this one, too, was oftentimes you go through something and there's lots of things you can read or watch or listen to out there of people yeah. who've gone through this before.
0: Mm-hmm. Like It's
1: one of the things as a leader, you always want to learn from others, but this one was new for everybody.
0: That's exactly so right. it's
1: not like there's no manual, there's no book. There's not someone who did this 10 years ago and wrote a book about it. You can go read their book and learn from them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think made this one a little more unique too. So what you had to try and do. And I remember I was really focused on this, especially early stages. You got to kind of learn from others on the fly. Yeah. So you got to see, okay, what are, so for us, the church world, okay. What are other churches doing? What's working for them? What's not working for them? Okay. Let's get on this webinar. Let's get on this session. Cause, cause we just got to go into like hyper learning mode right now from others. But again, it's not like there's all kinds of people who've navigated this before. This was brand new for everybody.
0: Everybody, exactly. And
1: it it was, yeah, it was quite the journey that way, wasn't it?
0: Definitely. Yeah, and, 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 and from what you're saying, I see that you really did learn a lot. So that brings me to the next question, as if what would, be, what would you say have been some of the biggest upsides? Because as much as the pandemic has been tough for all of us, there definitely are some things that you grew as a leader and as a church as a whole. Uh, what would you say are some of the things that you're going to be like, you know what, these are lesson learned, these are the upsides I'm going to carry forward with me moving into the, the next phase?
1: Yeah, I mean, let me say this. I mean, I think one of the biggest blessings for me in this season um, as much as you know, things being shut down, kids being home, us having to figure out kind of helping them with their homeschooling, their video classes, yeah. uh, we got some amazing time with our kids that we never would have gotten without this. And exactly. I don't think we're ever going to get it again in life quite this way. Like I remember we just for a while, you get so bored in the house. I remember the kids, we do our like daily family walk. And we just go walking around our neighborhood. We never (laughs) do things like that before. And so it really caused us to slow down. And again, there was definitely challenges and strains on family. It was hard for the kids to have to be out of some of their programs and some of those things. But one of the definite silver linings, if you want to call it, was really this time we got as family. And I think I've not even fully processed through how, how meaningful that was, but that was very meaningful for us, I think you know kids i mean you'll you're going to experience it in the in the coming years but kids grow up so fast
0: that's what i you're telling me we get
1: so busy we're doing all these different things and you know sometimes you blink and all of a sudden they're like 5 and, or 10 you know and it feels like it goes so quickly so i think that on a personal level was was really great i think to just get that time i think on an organizational level i mean there was several things i think obviously we came light years this year when it came to online ministry production of online content um we've come light years and we're not going backwards like even as we start to open back up we're now laying out plans for like an internet campus so people can be part of our our church from different locations even outside of our city and we're working on developing an internet campus um you know, and, and just our ability to produce services, our ability to produce content. Like now we've got good gear. I mean, our team wants me to give them more money so they can buy even more stuff (laughs) and they, they, they technically need it. But you know, even now we have been able to get a couple good cameras. We've got a good setup uh, and we can create things now. Like we, it forced us to learn all these things that we probably wouldn't have pushed through to learn if it was life as normal. I see. So I think that's been a really, that's been one of the biggest wins for us is it's, expanded. And we're very passionate and excited about potential online ministry. Like we're working through some ideas right now of just, okay, how do we go from someone just watching our service to someone actually being able to really feel like they're part of what's happening, even though they're on the internet. But because now we can do small groups online, people can give online, you know, all these things. It's like we as a church now want to function in a physical location still well, but we also want to function in an online location just as well. Well, And really just to 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 so so there's been amazing we're just scratching the surface like it's kind of like it's a new frontier in many ways and and I I've, I've been saying that for a couple of years I've been I've been aware of how important internet was going to be how it's going to change the way churches staff how it's going to change kind of just some of the strategies but again you know we're just so busy in day-to-day life and just where do you find the change energy and the financial energy to kind of do what you have to do to make the shift well this kind of forced it. it you had no choice you had to jump yeah. And then you just had to build the plane as you flew it, you know. And so but at the end, we go, man, look how far we've come. So that's really been huge. I mean, even simple things like, uh, you know, it's kind of all of our donations have now moved to online. Online. Yeah, exactly. Now, I expect I expect now we had I mean, we had debit and stuff before. But and I suspect once we get back in person, some people move back to that. But I think we'll have a whole lot of people that just have moved into online giving which presents some advantages. It's easier for them. It's easier for people to be more consistent. Even if they travel in a way they can still give, like there's just some things organizationally, And if you understand church world, it it kind of, it just helps. It helps what you're doing. I think our online groups, like, and just getting more comfortable with doing different ministry things online before COVID, I would have always seen online as a kind of a, a secondary option that it's just ah, if you have to do it, you have to. In person is so much better. It's so much better, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I I think in person still definitely has its place. I think online definitely has its weaknesses, but but I think that there's so much potential in doing things online. So, like we, for example, my wife does this course called School of the Spirit, and one of her courses, one of her students was from India. Yeah. Like not not like from India, but moved to Canada. Like still living in India. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just mind blowing with that. So. So for us, I think, you know, to even what it did was it, it caused us to kind of get so much more comfortable with the online environment than being in a city. And you know what Toronto's like, yeah. uh, it's a commuter culture. It's we we've spread people are spread all over. So, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, maybe if we can get small groups and because people have to commute home from work and they get things settled and then they get back out and drive to a small group. But if we now have online groups, but then have in person options for people that works for them, it just, again, I could go on and on, but really, it's really been around production, online, different things. And, you know, the other thing I'll say, I think no one wants to go through a season like this, but I feel like our church is coming out the other side stronger. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to come out with a greater sense of community, a greater sense of, you know, it's just, it's like, you take generations that have been through some stuff. Like you, you talk to anyone who kind of lived through the generation of the Great Depression, the Second World War. Yeah. There's a certain toughness. Oh yeah. A certain uh, thankfulness and appreciation for simple things in life that maybe the next generation didn't have, but it's just because they went through some stuff and they had to. And and I feel like as a church, I feel like it's definitely has challenges, but I feel like it's just it's, it's, it's growing us. It's maturing us in different ways. And I think when things do open up and we can get back together, I feel like people will appreciate it even more and will kind of be even more intentional about what we're doing. And so, so, I mean, there's lots of things I could kind of go on, but those are just a few examples of what have been, I don't even like saying silver linings because I feel like they're bigger than just a lining. Like these are major, you know, there are major ways. One of the things I, kind of focused on very early in the emergency I actually said to our leaders, I said it in some different leadership contexts, but I really felt like God said, don't focus on what you can't do, focus on what you can do right now. Yeah. There's some very unique opportunities in the season that you may never have again. And you can, you, your focus can be on all the things you can't do, or your focus can be on what you can do. So instead of getting all bent out of shape, because we can't meet in person, well, what can we do? Well, we can yeah. get really good at meeting online. Mm -hmm. And then when we can meet back in person, we're going to be so much stronger for it because we got really good at meeting in line. We already were good at meeting in person. Now we can move forward being good at both and and presenting opportunities for people for both. So, you know, that's that's kind of the uh, that's what the way we tried to embrace it. Some days I've done it well. Other days I haven't done it so well, but I keep getting back at it and keep trying it. So
0: oh definitely yeah and you mentioned such a good point in that the biggest opportunity is now you can reach so many people there are no uh, physical boundaries because like you mentioned with the uh, the gentleman or lady in India is that with the online experience uh, the church as, as we are the church not the physical uh, building anyways is going to spread so much more and you can reach so many people by doing online, uh, online services so that has really been a good point uh, that you brought up there uh, and kind of just wrapping up a little bit here would be uh, I know there are a lot of uh, leaders in the church world and even outside that uh, what would you say are some of the, uh, the advice you could give them and navigating through this time, because it is really, really still challenging. We are still not over it yet from the lessons that you have learned leading through yeah, through uh, the church during this time.
1: No, that's a really good question, Z. And yeah, you're right. Cause we're not through it yet. Yeah. And I think I'm thoughtful because so often we get, you know, we have to be global citizens in these things. And yeah, some, some people in different nations are facing, like, you know, we kind of can just get focused in on our locale. Yeah. But I think it's having an appreciation. So even people listening to your podcast are in different nations facing different challenges. Yeah. Um, I'd say this number one, I would say um, take care of yourself. That's the number one thing you need to do right now. Uh, you, you've got to, if, if you're not healthy, you can't help anybody else. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're not doing well, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically, it's going to severely hamper your ability to help others. And sometimes as leaders, especially, especially church leaders, because I think it's just kind of hardwired of we're supposed to serve and help others, but it can really be in any kind of context. Yeah. Anytime you're leading others, a good leader is concerned about the people around them, but sometimes you can have that concern to the detriment of yourself. So you need to take care of yourself, Uh, take care of your spiritual health, you know, your your devotional life, your time with God, take care of your emotional health. Uh, I think that's huge right now. There's been a real gap. I can say definitely within the church world for a true understanding of emotional health and making sure we're emotionally healthy. Take care of your physical health. It's kind of weird. Like one of the things that I realized and I was referencing, like we learned some lessons the first lockdown, the second lockdown. Uh, During the first lockdown, I developed some pretty, they weren't serious, but it was significant back problems. Oh wow. And I realized the reason I developed significant back problems was just sitting all day. True. I'd never before been sitting in the same place for so long. And it literally over a month or two of that, I started to develop a lot of back problems. So I realized, okay, I've got to be more intentional about my physical health here. Yeah, you know, to do it. So so number one, take care of yourself. I think is huge. I think number two is make sure that you are uh Make sure that you are adopting and embracing a continuously learning posture. Mm -hmm. One of the killers in leadership is pride. And pride says, well, I know best. I know what I need to do. Uh, You know, it's different than confidence. We want to be confident, but we don't want to be prideful. And so you want to, so for me, humility is, hey, I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep growing here. I'm not going to feel like I've arrived or I know it all. But we've got to embrace a humble attitude And just and then that leads into point number three, which is make sure you're not trying to do this alone. You know, there's that that I don't know where the proverb originated, but, you know, the proverb said, if you want to go fast, go alone. Alone? If you want to go if you want to go far, go with others. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and I think that's so key right now, because it's interesting with with COVID. It's really lent to isolation. It's really like it's pushed that direction much more. So you've got to be even more intentional about who's my community, who's around me, who am I staying connected with? Like, and it's different, right? So, you know, like we've we've had here in the house, has been my wife, myself, kids. I'm still staying very connected with our staff. We've had lots of community, but there's other people who maybe they don't have it's just a husband and wife together or it's just someone living on their own. Well, exactly you gotta you gotta be so intentional about your community and then also just make sure you're getting good mentoring. Right? Like don't try and do this thing alone. So So it's like you're looking at how am I caring for myself and how am I doing? Number two, what am I learning? How am I continuing to grow in this? Uh, And then number three is who's my community? Who are the people who are alongside me? What am I being intentional about building that? Who's mentoring me? You know, it's interesting. I'll say this from a biblical concept. One of the things I'll teach is uh, in your life, you want to have a Paul, you want to have Barnabas's, and you want to have Timothy's. Yeah. Paul really referred to kind of this context. Paul would represent like a mentor. Yeah, a mentor you want to have mentors in your life. Barnabas was a uh, a biblical character was known as the son of encouragement. And he really became a partner, a companion to Paul. So you need to have friends. You need to have people around you who are cheering you on and challenging you to be better and growing. And then Timothy is who are you helping? Who are you serving? Yes. Who are you kind of saying, I want I want to invest in this person or this, and so it's really for relationships is really key. I think number four, just a couple more thoughts on, you know, leading in this season. I think you have to be, you have to work at, no one's got a perfect formula for this, but you've got to strike a real strong balance between having real good vision, but also staying very flexible because you just don't know what's coming. Cool. I think anyone who's honest in leadership has realized right now we got to throw our five-year plans out the window because we just have no idea what's going to look like five years from now. So so you've got to learn to think quickly, like even on an organizational level, the church, even for our budget, instead of looking at things for a yearly, we're looking at three month blocks right now because there's just so many things that could change and we have to stay very current with it. So you've got to really discipline yourself to do that. But in the midst of that, you still got to dream bigger and you've got to project bigger because you've got to lead with hope is people need hope right now and they need to they need to kind of. Be able, like, get skilled to navigate what's going on right now, but they still have to have something bigger they're looking forward to or believing in. And I think just make sure to do that. And then the last thing I'll say is, if you know you're not doing well in some areas right now, get some help. Now, just as a leader, reach out get some help from somebody. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a therapist. Talk to somebody. Because I think a lot of people right now, even in a faith-based context, even pastors and leaders, are suffering and they're kind of just trying to soldier it out yeah and that's again where the isolation is there it just gets some help make sure you're good and and th- that really ties back into the humility that ties back into community yeah. it ties back into some of others so those would be some thoughts that i have just for kind of walking out and living out this season and then just last but not least i think kind of on that hope note is we're not going to be here forever well, so exactly. so keep keep that joy keep that hope in your heart we gotta kind of dig through this but but be on the lookout because there's going to be some very unique opportunities. There are some things that are going to change and shift in our culture coming out of this. And some of them we don't even understand yet. But as leaders in whatever sphere we're in, there is going to be windows of opportunity to really make a difference, to make an impact, to step into something new. But that's what we got. We got to be ready for them. We got to watch for them because some of those doors won't be open for very long. So but there's great opportunity for those who have eyes to see them. Uh, whatever context, spiritually, business wise, family wise, uh, there's going to be some amazing opportunities for those who are who are watching out for them.
0: That's so good. Yeah, I really like uh, how you kind of put it together in that. The most important thing is you have to be in community because a lot of people right now are dealing with mental health issues, just the isolation part. And even as a leader, you do need someone who you can uh, talk to, who, who can really uh, pick you up in the, in your low mo- in your low moments, which is really really important because you have to be healthy, not just uh, physically but emotionally, to be able to lead well. And everyone needs that that that, that community, right? So yeah, that that's, this this has really been very informative for me, and I know my listeners will really enjoy uh, the nuggets that we talked about today. Uh, and last but not least, I just wanted you to kind of let us know where we can connect with you and the church as a whole, and I will put that in my show notes so that people who want to plug in, I can really continue to learn uh, from what you are teaching us.
1: For sure, yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, the easiest way our church is Toronto City Church, and the website's torontocitychurch.com. We put out a lot of content, and I'm usually you know producing quite a bit of that content, so that's a great way to connect. Um, I'm working on relaunching a personal website, it's not up yet, but mm-hmm. it'd be brendanwitten.com, so mm-hmm. that's something maybe that people can keep their eyes open in the future. But a real simple way as well is I mean, I'm on. Facebook and Instagram. I Instagram more than Facebook. I'm kind of don't do Facebook as much, but uh, just at Brendan Witten as you can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Those are some different ways to connect, but definitely TorontoStateChurch.com. We got a YouTube channel that just, we've been pumping out all kinds of content. So there's lots that's there. Uh, We have a podcast of our weekly messages. So that would be the best kind of spot. So I'd say number one, TorontoStateChurch.com. Number two is Instagram me at Brendan Witten and follow me there.
0: Awesome. No, thank you so much for taking the time out. And I know we learned a lot today. I just want to thank you, my listeners, as well. Uh, definitely, like I mentioned, I'll put all the resources in the show notes so you can connect with Pastor Brandon and Toronto City Church as a whole. Yeah, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been fun.
1: It's yeah. been great
0: to, great to do this
1: together, man. I love it.
0: Definitely. Talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Cheers.